0: Russian Emperor in Panfield! Sky Darcy leads! Russian Emperor's two lengths away with Panfield! Sky Darcy needs the post! Russian Emperor running out of time! It's Joe and Sky Darcy for the derby! Welcome to Bet Doctor, a behind the curtain look at how pro punters bet. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm joined by the Punners Punter DK. Hey, Scooty, here we are. And we've given Darcy a week off, and we've got uh, Nick Noonan in the chair. Nico, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. I think the punters would much rather look at Darcy than
1: me, but uh, we'll go <laughs> on Not with just it the this punters. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, good to be here,
0: boys. Back for Bet Doctor. Came for the show. We have got some big guests on, so it should be a good show. It's going to be an absolute corker. And you just heard the intro there, and that was Sky Darcy winning the Hong Kong Derby. And I had a pretty big weekend on the on the punt. Thanks to Fletcher's Asia Asia set, and overnight he's found another winner. It's up, 450, Happy yeah, Happy Valley. Yeah, Happy Valley. Zach. It's good stuff. The Asia stuff. Zach Purton, uh, 450. So it's uh, it's been it's been fat for me thanks to the Fletcher set. So make sure you check out the Hong Kong set. He only targets two, three, or four races, but uh, he can bet outside a favourite, and it's um it's great uh, it's great viewing, and it's so, so well done the Hong Kong package. But uh, how's your week been on the punt, DK? Uh
2: well, quite. We're this this week's been quiet. Um, we had well, no races Monday. Washed out Tuesday. Washed out Tuesday. Metropolitan yeah. racing yesterday is not my go, so we mm. sort of bounce the ball today for me. But Mike, well, okay, go back to uh, Saturday, Scooty, where we are Avoca, Avoca. I had tunnel vision for a thing I thought was a complete moral there. Something, bit, bit happening there, Scooty. <laughs> oh, plenty.
0: Uh, Barrier uh, gate.
2: But um, I I thought the thing was a complete moral there, that trial of thing.
0: So did Clinton. Yeah, yeah, beauty. Yeah, good. <laughs> that was probably
2: a problem, I reckon. What was it? What was it doing at Avoca? I thought it'd win. Should have been could have, could have won a race at Bendigo, I was up not for the way it trialled. Anyway, um, but the only issue was that I had in the back of my mind was 1,100 metres. Yep. It was coming off an 800 metre trial, yep. Yep. so the only thing I'll get to the lead as long as it settles and everything should be on that leader's track anyway. So it's led. Everything was sweet to the 500, the 300. <laughs> the alarm bells are ringing. Oh, 150 flat the 300. Yeah, <laughs> something gave it windburn, and anyway, I had to go to an eighth birthday party not long <laughs> after that with my family. I said I'd take them and go on this and that. So we. <laughs> I, re- I was in to be mate at the party. I said, Where are the stubbies? And I'm, you know, kicking myself. I fall into a Clint McDonald first starter and all this. <laughs> and, um, anyway, then I flick on Twitter 20 minutes later and upstairs saying, There's an issue, issue with the no correct weight. What's going on <laughs> at Evoker? Anyway, no race, run over the incorrect distance. 1,200 metres. It was the biggest, uh, it was like the best winner of back for the last six months, <laughs> I tell you. Because the money was torched and gone and I was filthy on myself. And they actually got it back. It wasn't didn't win on the road, but that was a win to me. It was huge. So, um, Anyway, so anyway, lesson learnt there, that's for sure, but um, that was one other of the way. So that was, that was an exciting, uh, something, something for the battlers anyway. <laughs> something different, I... just another way. You think you've just done your life and then all of a sudden the racing
0: gods, and oh, you said, DK, that you'll never blow up about the racing gods, god's every ever
2: again. Never again. Please, <laughs> that's got to be a And I did say, in this case, like you think you've seen it all in racing, you <laughs> and do. Comes out and and happens, the great game it? just produces something, something again, so... Uh, so that was it. So that was a pretty, pretty quiet week for me last week, though we did hit the target there, a little Thursday night, $7 job at uh, Mick Kent. Now, Mick Kent. Hmm. Now, Mick Kent. Now, I've, people who know me over the time, I've had a very testy relationship with Mick Kent. <laughs> and I've actually, you speak to Matt Cosgrove and Chubby and these, like they said, you barred him. And I did bar him. Hmm. said, I cannot catch Mick Kent. But I think since he's come back, he had that, well, he was going to have a sabbatical and then hmm. COVID it and everything, but he did have a break, handballed all his horses out. They've all come back. And he's training again. He's trying to heap of winners, particularly packing them. Well,
1: maybe it was just a little theory from him, just to get out all the, the old, you know, the bad ones well, out of yeah. the stable and then Could just get the clean the second. But no. I, I
2: reckon now yeah, they're they're training differently. They're not wasting runs. Like he was one. He was very hard to pick at times. Mm. But they're not wasting runs. Peter Moody's another one. Mm. So Peter Moody had weight and numbers at Corville. He had 250 horses and would win races by weight and numbers. Yeah. But his horse, if you if you were in a two horse war with a Darren we horse or a or an Archie Alexander or a Simon Wald horse, you want to be on theirs. Peter Moody's horses didn't have a lot of strength. Mm. They just won by weight of numbers. Now the way he's training down at him. he said his time off, rethought his training, yep. got the nose rolls on them all, they're all showing strength, like I think a lot of these training methods have changed to the Europeans and things mm, like yep. that, don't you, what do you reckon Nicko?
1: Yeah, well they're nearly a bit boutique those stables aren't they now, like Mick Kent, he'd usually have what, like 60, 80 horses yes, at it. work, he's probably only got 20 they've now. He's probably got
2: shares in most of them.
1: So yeah, and same with Moods. he's probably yep. only got 40 or 50 compared to 200, so yep. they've got a lot more time on their hands to look at their horses and yep. they're both absolutely flying and... Yep. you can see in provincial, especially in the maidens, like yep. just kill them. Yeah, so
2: that, so you and you got to again, you got to adapt. Like I said, I to, Mick Kent, I had to think long and hard about that the other night. But hmm. yeah, no Mick Kent, and he's using good jockeys, using D Lane and D Lane's like that, just so. jumping on everything for yeah. him. so we're yeah, just so not right, an knock So, it so at all yeah, for get, the Things putters. change, and um, Mick, I'm back on the Mick Kent team.
0: <laughs> and we've uh, we've unearthed the star, Roaming Brian. DK on ro- the ro- mic. Ro- roaming DK. Uh, that
3: how, was good. That was good. How timing.
0: good was it? Mo- uh, Money Valley Nights at the Valley on William well, Reed Steaks Night.
2: I didn't know how that was going to go. Well, we had a great night. Oh, no night. one knew how it was going to go. Yeah, it was going to go. And we got through and everything <laughs> like that. But you said, look, I'll throw you the mic. You just do your best. And I went, oh, what am I going to do here? <laughs> a couple of, couple of glasses of bubbles and I'll go around. BZ, you right? yeah. So, um, but then the, the good thing was that the cameraman, he was. He said, look, good I'll, operator. Good operator. He said, you tell me where you're going. I'll follow you. So I thought, I'd be a bit like, Roman Bryan, you know, so <laughs> off we headed, and um, yeah, no, it was good. And you said the feedback was good and everything, and I enjoyed doing it, and uh, the guests were good, so it's good fun.
0: Yeah, it was a great little night at Mooney Valley. We had a couple of AV problems, we couldn't get the speed mats up and going, and um, we had some sound issues early. The people at home could hear us, but then people in the crowd, the the mics and the frequencies, and, and that's sort of just part of the nature of sort of going on onto a live. Uh, track for the first time. So we'll try and iron out those bugs, but it's definitely a concept that we'll try and pick up maybe later in spring and we might do the next couple of streams back into the studio. But I thought the uh I thought the boys, especially the SA boys, we've got Shane Adair coming on later, but gee, they uh John Kelton and Shane Adair, they were just clinical, they were cool, calm collected. They uh they were riding the bias. They they identified the bias very quickly. Or well, both teams did, but they sort of hunted a little bit smarter than their opposition in the Vic team, although the Vics were only two probably winners away from causing a bit of an upset too, but wow, very impressive from uh, Mr. Kelton and uh, yeah. Shane Adair. Yeah, that's,
2: I mean, Mr. Kelton's got a, I mean... A big reputation. He has amongst us, probably yeah. amongst us, he's, he's a big owner and everything, but in South Australia a lot of people know him, he's a... He's the he's, man. He's a man, and, and you, I talked to guys who were punting even 20 years ago, mm. and they said, that John Kelton, really clever bloke, and... Remember, uh, John Walter threw something up on Twitter. Said when he was a bet easy, he was the hottest client they had. Yeah, things like that. So um, yeah, no, he's a and, and Shane did well, and but yeah, it was good. It was a good night. And I'll tell you what's good. If that's that's the base, that's the starting base. Mm, and we good can time. improve off that, mate. There's so much that you could get take away from that that we can make that such a, such a great thing going into the future. I reckon. Oh uh, yeah, the boys
0: made it into the little birdie office before the the big race day, and uh, I, had, I spent a little extra bit of time, and I was I was chatting to John and his sons and. a group of mates they're the next generation of punters so there's a little junior john kelton out there around sort of 20 and and 21 years old well the bookies are absolutely exactly (laughs) (laughs) so they've got a crew and they're starting to jump into horses and it's just great to see here that the next generation of smart punters that can regenerate and they're owning horses and they're doing the form and they go around there on like a thursday night and they're all just like desperately keen to get into the form and it's similar to you, Nick. You're born into racing. You've got no other option. You've got no chance. Yeah, <laughs> you're just
1: bit by the bug early and then that's it. So, At least um, you're doing yeah, it the right way.
2: But, and and I think COVID's helped even the guys who weren't born into mm. it, like we're all being born into it, but who weren't to connect to that thing where they sort of were probably hitting Network, yeah. But it's more heading towards the sports and everything. When the sports are like in a spell, Australian horse racing, Victorian horse racing, and then soak up a lot of this product and everything. And um, I reckon it's been great. So even a wider... Getting that wider wider generation I think is really good yeah, for us
0: 100%. and there's so much more info now nowadays yeah. like, you know, Nick's got his show the racing show we've got uh, Little Birdie uh, the Rant guys there's so many people that are offering opinions and it's it's just so easy to, to create this content and people are willing to share different ideas to grow the game and yeah, that's there's gl- never been a better
1: time to learn exactly as, like, like you know previous yeah. years when you guys were trying to learn in that like, well, it, we had Lambert, Mark
2: when he was the first yeah even way back when that's yeah. right but even with the public stuff Mark Lambour but I love like Anthony Dowdy was my First mentor, you know, and that was a he was a bookie because he kindly pointed pointed me in the right direction. But you needed someone to sit with someone, one on one, and who'd give you time and give up their really IP Mm. to take a liking to you as a young fella and train you up. But now there's so much good stuff out there, and I think you know the corporate bookies have contributed to that because they make the punt getting on the punt a lot harder. And all stuff i will share my stuff with you know, people who can get on and, yep. you know, so. And puntingform.com.au, like I had
0: no idea about the database when I started in, in betting, you know, 10 or 12 years ago and that's evolved and the product's evolved and, uh, you know, all the sectional times, the benchmarks and stuff like that. Nick's a, a disciple of punting form hmm. as well. It's yeah, but I, it's no so one really easy now.
1: Benchmarks sort of three, four years ago, no one was talking about it. Now everyone's using it. Everyone yeah. was just kind of sectional times well, and I'm, all those kind of things. And even outside of the sort of little racing punning bubble, like, still even in like the circles of the trainers and that there's still so much to learn from them about you mm. know benchmarks and all those kind of things in the trainers that are switched onto it you can tell because they're placing their horses right seeing that those horses come out real fast races they need three weeks not two weeks all those kind of things so they're cluing on
2: mm. that's yeah that's, yeah that's right yeah spot spot on so that's only in recent time databases like so 2008 i started with mark reed what's that 13 years ago something like that and then they had the mark reed Iris database which he started from scratch and um I was mesmerised by it, mm. and then finished up, and then, you know, punting form, and there's other ones out there as well, so it's just, mate, the, the, the uh, intel's amazing. It really is in this day and age.
0: And Nico, you're joining the subscription world. You're just released a product at a very cheap price for your mounting yard stuff. You've been doing the mounting yard stuff on a free trial with the Telegram app for quite some time, so there's been, oh, you've had almost 500 people subscribe to that, and You've been getting really good results. You found Mass Crusader last night, or last Friday night as well, in the William Reed. You do some yard stuff. You've got some punning form. You do big replays. You've got the racing show. You're all in. You just never turn oh, off from the racing game. It Never game. stops at all, does it? And like uh, starting this week,
1: so uh, littlebirdy.com. Head to the shop, mounting yard by uh, me, and you can just get involved there. We'll be race by race. You know, hopefully um, providing some detailed yard reports for the punters, which kind of been doing over the last sort of six months at the meetings I could get to through work. But now, given work the flick on the Saturdays and the Wednesdays, we're just going to be all out. So all the chips that. are in there and we're just going to be hopefully finding the punters a few winners there on the Wednesdays and Saturdays. Go on wherever, go on to Bendigo
0: Saturday, go on a sale, go on a Ballarat, wherever the races are Wednesday and Saturday, we'll be there. Exactly. And Nick's a big trial and jump out. Watch you. You've probably seen some of his trial reports. They're sensational. Maybe you saw them through Betfair. He's done quite a lot of work for them, and they sponsor his podcast as well. So make sure you check it out. We're doing a little trial, $1.10, for the first couple of meetings just so you can sample it and see what it's like. The guys that have been on for a while, you've had a really good run. Help support Nick. Keep him up and going. It turns out to be just over a dollar per race, which is crazy value. I'll I tell think. you what,
1: Saturday, looking forward to getting Bendigo. out to the track at Bendigo. It's going to be a cracker. Long drive ahead of me, but gee, the excitement <laughs> will just be building because there are some cra- real cracking types running right there. We'll I got talk about handling. it later, but
2: it's, it's turned into a cracking meeting, oh, It's a it, great man? meeting. Absolutely. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen horses come down for it and things like that. So yeah. Anyway,
0: we'll talk about that later on. Fantastic stuff, so head to littlebirdypod.com and check out the shop. It's uh, Mounting Yard Mail by Nick Noonan, and you download the Telegram app, but uh, it's definitely worth checking out. On today's show, we've got Shane Adair, half of the SA team. The winning team joins us off the back of their victory. They turn their $50 units into $80, a huge 60% return there on the investment. And then licking his wounds is Casey McCutcheon. Uh, it's a, it's, we've, we're going to trigger Casey today by having Nick on the show. I don't think he knows he's here, but Nick has chased him out to the picnic meeting and took him for a couple of thousand yeah,
1: the I next day. to, to <laughs> Alexandra the next day, and just uh day after the stream, just cut <laughs> him for a few stings there. So uh, he's not too open with me at the moment on oh, Casey. Oh, some good, good
0: banter there. We're going to have a look at the Golden Slipper. We've got Lee Saville from Roll the Dice Racing. He's going to give us an update on Profiteer. I think Nick Price has been up in Sydney all week. And it's an interesting angle here. I'm a little bit worried about some of these slipper horses. Have they been cooped up? Have they got the work into them? Is there any angle out wide for horses that have done more work in the lead up? They're not, I'd be really worried on from horses if you're gonna back horses off a really big, big break. It's just been underwater. It's just torrential scenes up in Sydney. So it'd be good to get some insight from Lee there. We're going to take a break, but uh, a big thanks to our presenting sponsor, puntingform.com.au. Nico is all over it. DK loves it. I've been into it for about five years. You do not go backwards on the punt. Once you get this stuff, Uh, the black book is sensational. The race comments area is great. So you can just store all your comments and information up in the cloud via puntingform.com.au and it's all included in their price. We're going to take a break, and first up, we're going to talk Adelaide with Shane Adair. Beat the bad man. Welcome back to Bet Doctor, a behind the curtain look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot, with DK, the punter's punner, and yep. Nico Noonan. Darcy is sunning herself up in Brisbane. Ooh, she's copped a deluge of rain, so hopefully she's finding a way there. But I tell you what, talk about find a way. Shane Adair and John Kelton absolutely donkey-licked the Vicks last night. Kicker Vic was out in force. Welcome back to the show, Shane Adair.
3: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me back on the Bet Doctor. Jeez, we've gone from uh, Darcy to Nick Noonan's gone from Group 1 to a Benchmark 58 <laughs> overnight. What's happening oh, there? The, uh, <laughs> it was a fantastic night, as you said, and uh, nice to get away with the chocolates.
0: Mate, you'd be uh, bendering over there in uh, Adelaide, a couple of the, uh, I think, Bra- is it, was it Brad Kraut style celebrations there, or <laughs> have you guys come down off that cloud? Did you did you put the trophy in on 1A, as you said, pre-race?
3: Well, I'm actually recording this from a pub in Adelaide. We haven't actually stopped since Friday night, <laughs> so um, we continue on, but um, yeah, uh, it was a little bit of pressure handling other people's money for the night. Myself and John were a little bit nervous, and I guess we just put a toe in the water early, but... Um, we could have gone a little bit harder, but uh, a win's a win.
0: Mm. It's easy to say uh, in hindsight, and especially when it's other people's money, I thought you guys bet very, very astutely and very responsibly. And to get a 60% return on your investment was uh, was absolutely huge. Now, do you think the uh, the Zingerberger pre-races was the key to success?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it was the Zingerberger. I think it was the driving to the KFC might have been the big incident. That definitely G'd myself and John up, but... Um, it's taken 10 or 15 there? years off my life getting a ride driving, you were driving scooty
0: I was steering and we are under time constraints because you get it's a lockout you have to bump in and you have to be there by 4.30 so we're you know we're really on the edge of making it in time for the races there and we had to go to KFC and I accidentally turned down a one-way street and I didn't know that it was a one-way street at the time and then some bloke was out there washing his car or doing something and he's tried to nearly like perform some sort of citizen's arrest. So I'm in the car and I'm steering and I'm in a four-wheel drive and old mate is there trying to take a photo of my number plate.
2: Oh, what? mate, I was just
0: like, cut it out. Anyway, we had bigger bigger fish to fry, the Money Valley Knights, but I'd almost forgotten about that, so hopefully he doesn't dob me into the uh, the coppers, but uh, thanks for bringing the, that one up, Bagman. I'd, I'd completely forgotten about that. But uh, I think the Zingerberger was the key to success. Uh, you bet better on uh, on on KFC Rocket Fuel, so it's it's good before before the match or after the match, and uh, we might have to shout out to KFC. They just started sponsoring Hawthorne. We need more, more food sponsors, but... Uh, Bagman, let's talk about uh, Adelaide this week. Uh, it's it's a cracking uh, it's a cracking card. We've got the Claire Bear stakes and we've got the uh the High Classic. You have got a couple of uh, Black type races over there. It looks absolutely sensational and we might just get the uh, the market up there courtesy of topsport.com.au for the Menai High Classic 1100 meter race. And the market movers early, Liar, everyone's familiar with this horse, 420 into $4, Hummer, hummer. 550 to 5, and then Garner is 750. Uh, out to $7. We haven't got a replay or speed up there, but uh, what are your thoughts on this race, Bagman?
3: Yeah, as you said, Scoots, the race is really starting to heat up now as we head towards Carnival in uh, late April, early May. Uh, As you said, Liar is a, a horse that we've seen in Adelaide before. It's ran well here. Hummer Hummer also brings strong form across to South Australia and has performed well at Morphettville, and then you've obviously got your Gordon Richards runners, Bold Star and Garner who uh, can never ride off in a race mm. of this nature look I'm thinking Hummer Hummer around that $5 mark um, I think we'll get a nice run just behind the speed there's good speed drawn in, goes well here at the track, John McCardle's record when he brings horses over to Morphettville is sensational so I'll be happy to uh, back Hummer Hummer each way at the current quote yeah, it looks
0: like a hot little race. Have you boys had a bit of a look at it? DK, yeah. you're ready to launch here. Oh, no, I'm ready to look. No, <laughs> look, I, we,
2: I know Lyle. Li- li- we know li- li- well. And yeah. uh, what we're going to see in the over the coming weeks is a lot of Victorians, which are a lot of Victorian horses over there for this particular meeting. Mm. Um is very good fresh, very strong SP profile fresh. Um she so, doesn't win. That's the problem. Well, that's, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Sixty so,
0: kilos here. Wouldn't she be yeah. targeting a race like the Robert Sangster? Well, that's a, that's a it's all Not grand final day. Not grand
2: final day. They're not big grand final stable first up or anything mm. like that. So things like that. But one thing I'm interested in Shane's thoughts. Um, I saw. I was very surprised when I saw Gordon Richards put Mitch Aiken on Garner. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, how is that doing? Like. I, I'm not against it. like we, we kicked up a Chris assert He was none from 200 and Lindsay Smith put him on Queen La Debra and it sure. led all the way Fleming it was not but I just don't see that I mean Mitch has hardly hardly been riding. He's had all these issues. he's got one ride for the day on a big day like that and Gordon's thrown him on one of his best horses in the in the good race like loyalty of trainers, you cannot tell mm. man that's fantastic, but I just when I saw that I thought, oh I don't I don't like that horse it's got to be a double figure chance now. Cool. I think
3: once the uh, algorithms kick in, I think it's going to drift out probably to uh, $15, and I think we just double our bets probably. The, uh, maybe it's all part of Gordon's grand scheme to uh, launch <laughs> a plunge on Saturday.
0: Get a price on I don't mind the angle there. And, it's a- yeah, definitely definitely bold stars as a, a, a runner that's been racing in quite stronger races than this, and I think you, know, you see a couple of duck eggs there. At twelve dollars, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. if a big upset there. Him and Garner are just horses that can show up in races like this. And yeah. Garner,
1: I go live with theory on Garner. He's a horse I've loved for a long time. Thousand meters too short, twelve hundred meters too far.
0: Eleven, <laughs> perfect, <laughs> perfect setup for Garner. Eleven 1, hundred, love that. With a better jock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so don't bet early there. And Humma
1: Humma is just so consistent. Yeah she is Like she is very hard to knock And the, the big tick there Is Jamie Mott Going over to ride You'd think he'd be getting Plenty of rides here in Victoria It's had day at Bendigo Or even at the provincial meeting And he's gone over there he Just liked, to partner yeah. her So yeah. that's a big tick In her corner as well
0: And no knock The McArdle stable of late No, nah, I wouldn't have thought so okay let's uh let's kick across to the claire lindop Steaks. and i noticed you can get claire bear merchandise <laughs> across the the twitter sphere so if you're a big claire lindop fan and want a claire bear t-shirt and if you want a mitch beer t-shirt you can even get them they look really good it's oh, uh, good. I it, saw it's in the night. vb tinny colors <laughs> mitch beer with his big uh, mug on the front it looks outstanding so whoever's doing that is doing a great job promoting racing that's for sure but look look at the topsport.com.au market for the claire lindop steaks and there's a few familiar runners here from last year's show that's for sure Victoria Key has opened up favorite at Top Sport 440 another award 550 Scream Dream 550 Perfect World 550 the bookies aren't giving you much in the early market and there's no big moves help us here Bagman actually we're going to we're going to slide to the replay of the last start of Victoria Key and you can just talk us through that when it pops up on the screen now about this, was,
3: this was on uh, Adelaide Cup Day. And, uh, look, the track was favoring, I guess, horses that were on pace. Um, Victoria Key was just off behind the speed. Ain't much a lot of impression in the straight and probably uh, needed the run. But um, today's race, is, it's definitely got a huge class edge on his rivals. If it performs to his peak ratings, it would definitely be winning this query for mine is the 1600 does it want 2000 or 2000 plus um but uh look i think at the price i'm i'll be winning on it if it gets up because um i think it's more of around a $3.50 chance
0: Mm. Looking at that replay, gee, it hit a hit a brick wall for the final 200. It sort of conked out. I'm, I'm a little bit wary. Yeah, well, you look at the data,
1: like she's run the ninth fastest last 200 metres of that race on the punting form data. So mm. maybe that is sort of an indication she may be looking for a bit further. But like Shane said, you look back through her, her figures last prep, like her figure in the Wakeful is enormous. Mm. So if she can replicate that in a pretty average race, like yeah. that's yeah, the goal, f- She
2: wants further, but yeah, well placed in that grade, but... It's I prefer more ground, third up or something.
0: The Tony McAvoy is an interesting camp, isn't it? Mm. They can spike horses off a flat run like no other camp. I've
2: been bitten many, many yeah. times. He's another one. You say, oh, I've had problems with Mick or, He's another <laughs> one of real problems with Tony McAvoy. I'm still not, not in love with that stable, I'll tell you. Even though they moved to Ballarat, and I've got a theory about all these trainers moving to Ballarat, Andrew Noblet and things like that, training a lot more winners than he did at Caulfield. Now, McAvoy's got the Ballarat stable and things like that, so... Um, I think there might be more winners coming in Victoria, but... um We'll see. You've got strong opinions about Ballarat, Nico. We were well, only just talking what? about this in a private
1: <laughs> chat a couple of days ago. Well, I don't know yeah. how anyone would move to Ballarat. It is well, one of the lower joints well, in the world.
2: The training facility is grouse. Where else are you going to go? Right? Are you out of them? Where, 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 <laughs> Down The, the
1: peninsula is the, the place to be. You surely get down <laughs> on the beach and all that. Ballarat, the hill track's good. But in terms of a town and
0: just all the setup around it, the cold mornings uh, leave me completely out of yeah, that. It does snow there. It snows more than anywhere else in Victoria. I think in Ballarat well you've got Mount Buller obviously in the, the Alps but outside of that Ballarat it cops snow all the time maybe I've just spent too much of a day there on track just
1: battling away in 4 degree weather well yeah, you know, it did
2: I was cured of all that Yeah, yeah, yeah so but, uh, maybe that's why I'm
1: just a bit dirty on
2: it still packing them in Ballarat evens each of two for mine <laughs> you know, they both got their place minuses that's for sure
0: have you uh, have you ever made it over for a Ballarat Cup uh, Bagman maybe in your youth hunting
3: not a Ballarat Cup but I have been to Ballarat and uh, a lot like Nick I won't be back
2: I took the cost. family there for the little because we couldn't get away. So we went there for uh, over Christmas, New Year, whatever, where we were going to go. We couldn't go anywhere because only virtually go in, and the borders were locked. So we popped up there, Sovereign Hill and all that. Yeah, that's all right. Not a bad joint. We, we you find your eldest. girl, DK. Huh? No, no, of course I didn't. What do you mean? <laughs> Try for an hour, trying to get something out of the wreck.
0: Anyway, when uh, when the nine-year-old doesn't eat, doesn't eat his dinner, we always threaten uh, that we're going to take him to boarding school in Ballarat, and he changes his tune really quickly. He, he All of a sudden, starts eating his carrots and his veggies. Up yeah, to some pats. Absolutely. All right, fantastic. Uh, I a thought big it might thanks. be
3: just go for a go for a drive with Ski, it Might wake him up. oh
0: god it'll be interesting to see what comes of that uh, you know that that (laughs) citizen's arrest or that attempt to to get me. Thanks for reminding me, Shane. Now I've got anxiety and I'll be keeping a close look in the mail, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if you'll catch me or not.
3: No, I hope I... the Lord doesn't catch up with you, mate. But um, yeah, it was a fun time.
0: Anyway, it was worth it anyway. The Zinger Burger and the result from the Money Valley Knights. Again, a big congratulations to the SA team. Uh, pass on our best to Eagle. It was just unbelievable viewing. I love the kits. The, the costumes of uh, the SA team were just brilliant. The vintage SA state jumpers and... Let's hope that uh, Casey and the boys can uh, steal themselves to, cut, you know, for a, a return leg, or maybe we can find a New South Wales or uh, a Queensland team. Might like get the Racing Ramp boys or John Walter to form a Queensland team with John McLeod, and we might start a little circuit. It would be uh, fantastic, and it'd be great to get over to Adelaide and support one of their big feature days. But a big thanks from us, Shane, and good luck on the punt this weekend.
3: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed the night at. Money Valley Nights and uh, we we'll look forward to uh, bigger and better things from Big Be- Doctor soon.
0: Big thanks to topsport.com.au uh Australia's biggest betting bookie without Top Sport we couldn't put on the big streams. Did no, you? they
2: did the fantastic uh what didn't Tristan shave his head? Or oh, he shaved the, the le- melon. Shave for the uh, what was it Shave for a cure or something? Leukemia? that was Leukemia. fair, yeah. well, they raised a fair bit of money there, matched every dollar.
0: It's terrific. We'll try and put it up on the screen with our Magic Man in A V. So yeah, Tristan uh, is looking uh a lot lot different now with the uh, the shaved melon. But a big thanks to Topsport. I think we're about on a two hundred and twenty thousand in front of all the streams to date, so Not many bookies would be taking us on, if any at all, So a big thanks to them. Without them, we couldn't put the streams on, and I'm sure they're going to really be under pressure when we've got our lone wolves stream coming up around the 20th of May, I think, around the Sandown Cup heats or the Sandown Cup uh, itself. We'll confirm those details as soon as possible. But if you're betting this weekend, make sure you bet at topsport.com.au, They're family-owned operator for 35 years. Don't bother betting with these other minnows. Bet with someone you can trust. They hold the biggest bets, and they'll take your bets without any doubt. Bet with uh, a bookmaking trust. Bet with top sport. We'll take a break, and we'll talk to Casey McCutcheon, and we'll start ripping into the Bendigo card. Welcome back to Bet Doctor, behind-the-curtain look at how pro punters bet. I'm your host, Scoot. We've got DK, the punter's punter, and Nico Noonan subbing in for Darcy and... He's been licking his wounds all week, no doubt. We've got the captain of the Vic team. We've got Casey McCutcheon Mintbet joining us now. How are you, Case?
4: Uh, mate, you know, we licked our wounds after Friday night. We got through. Uh, unfortunately, I've had to uh, honour a side bet here with the Crow Eaters, which is I mean I'm wearing a... Uh, Adelaide 36ers with the super eagle from the, the uh the Bagman the bag man just uh, got me a treat on the side there, but well played to those guys, it was a pleasure to uh, do battle with them on Money Valley Nights.
0: It was quite an entertaining night if you were there or you tuned into the live stream, there was plenty of banter, the assaulter from Malta was up and about, Jason has a party and Guru Josh provided plenty of insight and It was a bit of a sliding doors moment, wasn't it, in the William Reid Stakes. We all sort of targeted that race and knew that that was going to make or break the competition and the winner. Whoever played that best would win. But it turned out that SA had quite a big lead up until that stage. And then both guys found, or both teams found, Mars Crusader. We're going to just get the replay up of the final 400 case and, and talk us through your emotions and talk us through the race.
4: Yeah, well, we were sitting pretty at this stage. We were out watching it in the beautiful atmosphere under the lights, and uh, Portland Sky was the one we were cheering on loudest. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was firmly fixed upon it. It, it. it got out and got the run at the right time, and we thought, if it can put a finish on here, it's just about home. Uh, and then the burst from the from behind, I thought, who is this? I wasn't even watching, and I just uh, <laughs> I felt some pang of relief when I realised it was Mars Crusader who had also invested in. Um, you know, Willie Pike did the business and found that hot rail, uh, I'll tell you what, um, how it got the saloon passage after missing the kick, it was one of the things we, we were, you know, putting a mark against it was that it might miss the kick. It did. And somehow no one's taken that run on the rail it could have been, I think a lead street had plenty of room to do so and try and get that run and, and you know, when it, when it gets left another horse back in the run in a race like that, it might've been uh, a bridge too far, But these uh, champions have a way of finding the luck, don't they? Like, such as Willie Pike, he's just on fire and it all happened for him and the horse did the business, kicked through and, uh, and won impressively, didn't it?
0: Yeah, it was a great lesson on how to watch track, figure out where the bias is and then bet accordingly. Both teams identified a stack of winners. You guys backed Sistar uh, and John Kelton and, and Shane Adair. I think they backed two $10 winners and a $20 winner as well it was uh, it was fantastic betting and that's what the valley can provide and you know a lot of people bag it and say oh it's a leaders track or this or that but the pattern once once you can figure out what the pattern is it becomes quite an easy betting track and you can put a hole in a bookie quite easily but you have to adapt quickly and what you liked at the start of the card if it doesn't look like the track is suiting you in that in that way you've got to change the game plan and like you know evolve your strategy it was just
1: inside draws
0: wasn't it like they were just
1: so advantaged think that tassie horse he drew one uh, Mars Crusader drew Barry number two so that was definitely the place to be just scooting along that rail like Pikey was doing and uh, I think they clued onto that late as well Mars Crusader was what nine dollars into sort of seven seven
0: got absolutely crunched in the last five minutes
2: whereas September run it was drawn mm. poorly oh. and that was dead set express cars, express yeah. express like in the market th- 13s like, late the fair yeah 13, yeah so mm. the market tunes in as well I mean market's very very clever very refined so um but yeah watching the buys but he I mean he, I mean, Pike's just loaded my man possessed, but he had to copy his medicine after he missed the start and ride for luck. That's what you do in those situations, he said it himself. But um, I remember when I, I put out a tweet when that was won a Maiden at um, Caulfield. Caulfield. He was a jet, he was mm. a proper jet. Yep. And um, he's going on, which is good to see. Now we've got the
0: Bendigo standalone meeting this Saturday. And, Case, just a little a bit of a side note. Nico Noonan uh, gave you a bit of a touch-up, didn't he, on uh, the Saturday, just on the... If if Friday night wasn't as embarrassing enough as it is, you've you've toddled out to Alexandra and then up pops Nico Noonan from the clouds to knock you off in the picnics.
4: What happened there, mate? That's that's it. I I bounce out of Friday night. I'm uh, feeling good. Get up the (laughs) the highway to Alexandra for a very casual, lovely day at the picnics, which are always magnificent, the Alexandra Cup. I didn't know uh, Trav Noonan's calling him, and he's brought along his uh, pro <laughs> city track um, yard watcher to uh, come and come and knock us off. So, no, it was fantastic fun uh, having the Noonan boys along. Trav did a magnificent job behind the uh, binoculars as well, and uh, and Nick was there keeping us on our toes. He came up to me and said, "Oh, what's a, how, how big a bet can you have at the pink?" <laughs> <I was>, well, <laughs> the bring it on, big fella, and he did. So, uh, no, that was great. Definitely, yeah. Uh, Kept the blood pumping after the big night Friday night and we had
1: a great day. I think Casey got the better of me late. There was just a few, they opened up two fifty, just an absolute moral in the last. And as soon as I walked into the ring, dollar eight straight away. Like there was just <laughs> no one wanting to take any bets there. So uh, they definitely clued on late. His horse, Molly Dook in the cut, was pretty unlucky. Um, He wouldn't have been sitting too well if that horse had a go because I had a good crack at her. She looked a million bucks in the yard. But um, no, good day out at the picnics. And like Casey said, the bookies will bet you. So if you're willing to get around it, get around the yard and... Do a
0: bit of form there. Uh, there's definitely money to be made there, Butters. Mm, he's no deal, Case, and it's uh, just bread and butter for him every week. He just absolutely slays them. Now looking ahead, Bendigo's weather looks pretty spot on. And case, let's uh let's get the Bendigo Guinea's market up first and look at the market movers. We've got Ana Visto 270 out to $3. Redeal 10 into 8. We've got Military Parade, $8. And Palace Whisper, $9. We've got no replay, but we've got the speed map up. What uh, What are your thoughts here?
4: This is the Guineas. Obviously, we uh, have a re- pretty short, uh, shortish favourite, Hannah Vista. And, and, and you know, you can understand why when you have a look at uh, the horse's form and, and some of the SPs it's been um, delivering. But I'm just worried uh, if we have a look at its last run and we've if you have a go, back and have a look at it. Flemington, um, it really it reefed its head off and basically got itself beat. Uh, it missed the start and uh, was subsequently, you know, trapped at the rear um, with Ollie and pulled its head off throughout the race. Still finished off really well, um, and you know, it doesn't look unsuited here with the gate that should suit. But it, I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but three-dollar shots that might miss the start and over a race and not my cup of tea, but. There's not a lot of speed in this race, which is another thing that can get a horse over racing. Um, It does have Jamie Carr. We try and uh, remedy everything these days, put Jamie Carr on, but she (laughs) couldn't tame the wild Buffalo River last time, so nothing's a fait accompli in this game. So if it races, there are a couple of horses here in a race where I don't think there, as I said, there's a lot of speed that can launch. So I'd be tempted to maybe uh, play some smaller chip uh, bets on some of the value runners and the three that have caught my eye and one of them is one I've been following for a little while, which, uh, backed in the, uh, I think the thousand guineas pre post never got there, but they've sort of cuddled it. The first one is redeal. Uh, who it was, I think surprised the camp at Sandown uh, with how well it went. And if it comes on from that run, it, it can launch off a slow speed and might be ready It's a really progressive horse so backed it in the pre post, uh, you know, the futures for the thousand guineas last season, it was tucked away and didn't never got to the race, but, um, it is one I like at uh, double figures, along with Mozzie Monster, who's a winner at the track. Again, I'm looking for these horses that I think can launch off a slow speed. And if Ana Visto gets itself tied up a little bit over races, uh, it might be uh, vulnerable to horses that have got a bit more value at the price. And the third one is, is Declan Bates. No restriction. So uh, it's another horse that's performed well. It had, had a freshen up. It was around third or fourth up when it put, had put one of its best runs in uh, in the last prep. It can really motor home, looking for 1400 um, you know, those are the three that I'm probably going to play around this favourite and, um, you know, if Jamie Carr uh, finds the key to those Settles, it's probably going to be really tough to beat, but um, on, just reading maybe there's going to be a lack of tempo, I'm happy to play those uh, 10 10 and $20 shots.
0: What do you boys think in the studio here? Any of these horses ring a bell? Uh, yeah, they do. Uh, Ana Vista had a good crack
1: at last start, and she was very, very unlucky to get beat. And the format of that race is a bit sus. Uh, Military Parade, I thought, was a horse who uh, looks like he's got a fair bit of talent down there from Sydney. Recent trial was really good, strong through the line. He will need a bit of that Master Crusader, Team Hawks Polish there from Barry number 2, though. He will need that luck there. But um, he looks a pretty smart horse. I actually backed the local last start, Air Defence, at Mooney Valley found him from the yard actually so um that was a good result there at 30s uh fleeden is absolutely flying and it's Mm. his hometown cup day so definitely i'll be on the watch for a few of his horses there and just a few of the betting goes but
0: I wouldn't rule Kim completely out. I thought it was a tricky little race, though.
1: DK? Yeah, tricky,
2: yeah. The boys have covered It's a bit tricky. Mm,
0: Anna Visto looks the one to avoid there, so be careful if you're playing with a favourite. It may drift or it may get beat. Now, let's look at uh, the Bendigo Mile. Odds, courtesy of topsport.com.au. We've got the rock-solid favourite here, Ironclad. We've spoken about this horse before. It's got this real barge factor. Kenya is five fifty. rock $5, and much better the rest... Case, okay, so you've wanted me to queue up a horse a little bit outside the market at, uh, what is it, about the $10 quote, Platoon. It's uh, Sorry, it's $12 Platoon. We're going to get the replay up now and talk us through this run, a couple of starts back in the Shaftesbury uh, Avenue race.
4: Yeah, so this is a real eye-catcher. The uh, last uh, splits were the best of the day, and um, this is a 1,400-metre race at Flemington, and when you have a look at this, it's gone straight up into a 2,000 metre race from this in the Australia Cup and been underwhelming. But just have a look at uh, what it does late here at Flemington. Just and who it runs with past the is hat. of interest as well. So maroon with the uh, white cap is it? It's just, oh, sorry, the yellow with the Marone cap. It's just about to launch now. Runs past I'm Superman, who went up to Sydney after this run to beat Rock, who's in, uh, in this golden mile race in uh, the Ajax. So you can tie in a little form line through that. And when I'm going through the market, I just sort of stuck out at the $10 to $12 um, as a value play. Um, all, all respect to Brad Parnham. I don't mind seeing Damien Lane jump on and Parnham off. I just thought uh, Parnham set, set this horse a huge task trying to make about a 700-meter run in the Australia Cup. Gets weight relief from that run. Gets uh, Damien Lane. And uh, so I'm happy to play around the $12 because this is a pretty wide race. You've obviously got that uh, imposing record of ironclad coming across from Adelaide and gets the Adelaide girl. Only gets two kilos on a horse like Platoon who's been, you know, really well-performed horse in group one races, ran well in last year's railway. Uh, it was tough as nails in the Perth Cup. First, you know, first one beaten and just kept going. Um, but it's that turn of foot that in, in a horse, in a race like the Shaftesbury that, um, you know, it's a really interesting horse. So uh, I think it wants it. It has one on a soft track, but most of its runs are on the good. We, we're hoping the rain stays away, and uh, and it gets that good track. But yeah, it's the one I'm uh, I'm really interested in in a in a pretty interesting race, to be honest. A race with a few stories. Like uh, English King is uh, a runner a lot of people will be tuning in to watch. Son of Camelot was favourite for the Epsom Derby. Um, it's had three jump outs, and uh, they're trying to uh, target it at something like a Queen Elizabeth. So. Uh, the camp yeah. have admitted that this this mile race is going to be, you know, it's going to be getting warm late and then another half a lap, but uh, it's going to be <laughs> one a lot of people that are going to be very interested to see how it goes.
1: Nico? Yeah, well, they paid $2 million for it, so I'd be expecting it uh, to come <laughs> into the yard and be a bit of a type. Uh, his European form is outstanding. It's just whether he's ready to go. I saw Ironclad on the TV there over at Morpho and G. looks an imposing beast just to uh, set your eyes upon. This is a race I'm really keen to see him on Saturday, get into the yard and have a look. You definitely couldn't knock Platoon. Casey made some good points there. in the Iron Superman form, that's easily tied yeah. with Rock, who ran third to him last start. Personally, I'd be getting the big red texter out with Rock. Uh, I reckon he's a million's chance to run. Drawn Barry, number 19. Mm-hmm. Now the Sydney's program's been pushed back a week. I reckon they will just stay up in Sydney. And uh, I doubt we'll see him here. So it might be a bit to come out of your market there, punters. But, um, yeah, Ironclad, uh, probably the horse of the most interest for mine. And uh, Platoon, I couldn't knock at
0: all. DK, any thoughts?
2: No, well, hawks, they hate those white goats, don't they? Yeah, they'll scratch for sure. I, um, I want to ask Nico, well, half this field here, I just noticed, a lot of them haven't got any much hope, but half the field was resuming over a mile. What are you noticing about looking at these sort of horses in the yard, or these imports, the fitness base that these trainers are putting into them to kick them off over a mile? I mean, they've got to be fit. You know, that, that was the old thing. I used to, five years ago, I would, First up over a mile, i bit against him confidently, but now it's all changed, and the trainers have adapted. So what, what do you see from these in the yard?
1: Um, Usually they're fairly sort of forward. Like a horse like uh, English King, if they're looking to go to a Queen Elizabeth, that's only in, what, four or five weeks, so he's going to be fairly forward for a run like this and that. Now they have all the um, sort of preparatory work they can get him with jump-outs and those sort of things. So yeah, I'd expect him to be thereabouts. A lot of them still kind of need the run. They're a lot of lightly-framed sort of horses, right. in the European, so you can tell when they need the run, because when they're rock-hard fit, there's just nothing of them. They're a bit skin and bone when they're rock hard fit. So if they've got a bit of condition and a bit of put around sort of the muscle areas and that you can tell. But um mm. yeah, I'm kinda of with you. They're definitely a lot more forward
0: than probably years gone by, mm. a lot of these horses. Mm. Mm. This is a uh, this is one of the deepest bendigo miles that I can remember. And I really like the the look of ironclad. I've said that a couple of times. And I love the look of the the platoon setup. I'm actually not fussed by that. A lot of the Perth trainers don't mind putting a horse sharply up a distance to drop it back from a mile. I've, I've seen it many times and might have even uh, won an all-star mile off that sort of platform, the Williams Yard for memory taking a horse out to 2,000 metres and back to... Drop back to the mile. Drop back to yeah, the uh, mile. Regal power, That's that it. Was. That's it. So, yeah, I wouldn't be uh, turned off by that at all, but it's going to be a fascinating uh, betting race, that's for sure, and we'll see how the track's playing. But if you want the latest mail there, Nick Noonan's uh, mounting our mail. It's just an absolute lay-down mazare there. ten for Bendigo and next Wednesday to get a little bit of a sample, and if you like it, stay on board. Now, let's look at the last one on the card case. I'm not sure if you have had much of a look at this one, but uh, we'll let Nico lead the charge here on race 9, which is the uh, the no-fuss event higher benchmark 78. And Nico, mark it here. We've got uh, Fighting Harada 420, Superium has been 750 into 7, and Exeter 750. And then we're just going to put the replay up of Fighting Harada and talk us through this one. Yeah, well, I
1: was at Sound Down last start. It was the first time I'd seen him in a, a long time, given he had a long time off. And he won first up packing them then went to Sound Down. And I was a bit great up on him, sort of second up. And I looked at all the horses in the yard. I think there was 12 and 11 in the yard. And I thought, gee, where's this fighting Harada? Hmm. Two minutes later, he walks in. It was dead sight looking like Buddy Franklin walked in. And oh, really? Sandringham, twos reserves <laughs> changing Like, it was just a completely different class to them. I still think he's got improvement to come out of that run, but... Uh, Jeff, what I saw in the yard there, if he does improve coming into Saturday, he's going to be mighty hard to beat. And I think he, he might be a horse in time that might be suited to Blinkers, but just that last twenty m sectional, he was the 7th fastest of the mm. race. And he's still kind of holding him off, so I think there's still a bit of improvement there. Now third up, should be Peak Fitness, Dan Yendel putting him in the grass from barrier number 4. Uh, he's probably one of the better bets in the day for mine, fighting Harada.
0: Mm, And we've got the speed map available there, and he looks to get an absolute charm run. As you've just said, uh, he'll settle probably two or three pairs back, one off the fence, and he can just launch. It'll be a carbon copy of his last start. Pretty much. Dino's just got to get him out, clear air. He's a big strider, let him find
1: it. Bendigo will suit him. Uh, There's not a lot of knocks here at all.
2: And the way Yindal rides, he doesn't ride for them to be quick, the last section. That's him. He's a momentum rider. Get rolling on him. Own the race. Yeah, exactly. And not really quick last section. He's not a quick last section rider. Mm. So that fitness benefit. And he had so much, so much time off that horse. So you would think that he, the, the the fitness base that's into him now. Third up. Spot on. Mm. Anything to add there, Case?
4: Oh look, I can't really. I concur with the boys. It's a Bendigo, nice big spacious track. Yendall, perfect rider. Uh, no, yeah, I won't be. I uh, won't be risking fighting Harada uh, on the books.
0: Case, okay, fantastic work today on the show, and you are a good sport. You've got the Adelaide 36 jumpers on. You are an entertainment machine, my friend. Freshen up, go outside, stretch your legs, shoot a couple of hoops, get your eye back in, and uh, good luck on the weekend on the punt.
4: Thank you, guys. you got to roll with the punches in this game. We've got the golden thong at Hillsville tomorrow. Hopefully no Noonan's <laughs> around to shark me, but uh, it's going to be a ripping day. Golden slipper <laughs> up in Sydney, golden thong <laughs> at Hillsville. How good are the pickings? Thanks for having me, boys, and good luck tomorrow. I'll be tuning in for a bit of that yard mail, Nico.
0: Well, i think we
1: can find a few winners then.
0: Oh, fantastic stuff. The Golden Thong, hopefully it is footwear Casey is talking about. But uh, big thanks to our presenting sponsor, puntingform.com.au. If you've got uh, some ideas on how you want to model horse racing, you can buy the raw data from them. They can do custom-made options. They can find you a programmer to write and create your own models. From beginner to expert, they have got the lot. They've got the best online form database in Australia and it converts over to Hong Kong racing as well. Up next, we're going to talk Golden Slipper and it's going to be absolutely outstanding. PVL, he's pulled off an autumn miracle. It's going to be a soft seven at
4: Rosehill. Morning, profiteer here. So this is his, uh, the last bit of real work I needed to do with him. He always come down and rode him for us, which is good. Just ran half mile even, slide of furlong in 1321. Uh, today was not a gallop where we needed to see him light up at all. I thought he was pretty relaxed there, was he? Very relaxed. I thought early on in the gallop he was going to get a bit busy yeah. with me. I see him chuck his head up once. But once I let him move into evens, yeah. I actually can... He was very reserved up the straight. Yeah. Whereas without those earmuffs, and if he feels too fresh, yeah. he would have really jumped in the gear. Yeah, that's didn't. right. I think he's I think he's booming and ready to go. But you'll see, his these earmuffs on, which they do do the job. Just take the edge off him, nice. But uh, anyway, look, he's uh, he's uh, blooming, he's thriving, very happy with him. Trainer happy, horse happy, jockey happy.
0: We've just heard from Mick Price and Huey Bowman with the final thoughts on Profiteer and his last little gallop there. And he's had the earmuffs on, and we're talking Bet Doctor, we're talking Golden Slipper. I'm your host, Scoot. We've got DK, Nico Noonan in studio, and the managing director from uh, Roller Dice Racing, Lee Savile, joins us online.
5: G'day, Scoot. Uh, boys, how are we going?
2: Yes, Lee. Well, we're not
0: going as good as you. No. You've had Crone win the Group 1 Coolmore, and now you've got the red-hot favourite, Profiteer, in the Golden Slipper, and you've managed to have two. You've had your first weekend up on the drink in Sydney, <laughs> and now you get to do it all over
5: again, but you get to go to the races this time. This is outstanding. Yeah, a bit like the hangover part two, isn't it, really? Um, <laughs> but no, we're, we, uh, we we uh, left a lot of nervous energy up there last week, mate, and uh, we're raring to go again this week.
0: It'd be an amazing achievement from Roll the Dice to go back-to-back back with the Group Ones. We won't crow it, but um, there must be some, uh, you know, pretty big excitement around the syndication at the moment with Crone. She's absolutely uh, flying and gone to a new level for Mr. Golan.
5: Yeah, she has, mate. It's, um, she's, she's always been a mare or a filly um, in a three-year-old season who performed really well um, at the highest grade, and she's got a couple of good scalps under her belt as a three-year-old. But... Um, she had some injury concerns as a four-year-old, um, and then, uh, yeah, we sort of thought it might be time to retire her and get her up to Queensland and give Tony Golden one crack at her before the brew sales, and he's, uh, he's completely turned her around up there, and she's, uh, she's like, like, like most people, loving life in Queensland. <laughs>
0: And found the pro like how's the prices she's been winning at? It's just been double <laughs> double figure odds, so the owners would just be absolutely chaffed. A few of yeah. them were in the room last night at uh, or last Friday night That's at it, Mon- Money Valley happen. Nights, yeah. and they're just on having the ride of their life with that
2: one. Yeah, Did and the, uh, just going back to I mean with the guys roll the dice, um Lee and the um, ex schoolmate of mine, Steve Travagli, It's great to see them doing so well, but it goes back. I mean, you had, the guys had Mahuda back mm-hmm. way back to kick them off, was a good horse and things like that. And I'll just say, Lee, you've obviously got a very well-oiled machine with the yielding selection process. I mean, now you've got Jeremy Rogers on board. He's obviously doing a fantastic job for you. Just talk us through about your uh, Jeremy. I know he's with Ask G Alexander yep. as his racing manager in the day as well. It would help there. But uh, with the yielding selection, he's, he's with you guys
5: yeah he used dk he's been with us for um or since we were raced exclusively with darren weir i suppose so he was darren's racing manager back then and and picked a lot of our uh, our good horses um you know including mahuda Crone, uh, and jana um, just to name a few um, and uh, yeah he's, he's got a great eye he's, he's, he's very underrated and uh, you yeah, we love him uh, choosing our horses for us we also use uh, John Foot to do some bloodstock for us as well he's uh, works uh, over in New Zealand and, and, and overseas as well but uh, you know Jeremy's just been uh, absolutely phenomenal for us and um, yeah you know we, 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 we've got a really good process set up with how we do things and it's uh, paying off on the track
0: it certainly is so who found Profiteer?
5: <laughs> Jeremy did, mate. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting situation. We were um, up at Classic last year looking for, um, I guess, a, a cult that, that we could, you know, a stadium-making cult. And um, we were on a written tycoon the day before, um, and he went for a lot more than what we were hoping for. So, we had to go back to the drawing board, and we thought, well, if we couldn't get a written tycoon, let's get a son of a written tycoon. And... Jeremy really liked uh, the capitalist cult. Um, he's out of a nice mare in Athena Lass, who has really well performed, a, a snitzel mare herself, and um, it, was a, it was a no-brainer for us to get him and, um, yeah, stretch us a bit to our budget, but, um, yeah, the hundred and sixty five grand seems uh, chicken feed now. <laughs> Cheap in
0: hindsight. Yeah, yeah. it's Nicky. Yeah.
1: Um, Gee, she just just looking at his sort of pedigree and that he always looked like he was going to be sort of up and running two-year-old didn't he athena last was a really sharp sort of thousand meter horse by capitalist who's going to be an outstanding sorry two-year-old's of course one that the slippery himself was that's always always the goal with this horse to get him up and going for those sort of earlier big money sort of two year old races especially that uh, english millennium and sort of push onto these uh bigger races later in the autumn
5: yeah, it was Nick. Um, you, we're, we're certainly not normally we, we would be looking at um, you know t- late two-year-old, three-year-old types um, who train on, and that was probably by and large the, the types of trainers that we're using that, that suited those type of um, horses, but. You know as is this insatiable appetite in 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 the industry for two-year-olds and and two-year-old winners we've, we felt like we needed to play in that market a little bit um in the last couple of years we have you know gone big on a couple of cults and um you know uh and and yeah certainly while we didn't know uh you know capitalists being a first season sire um we were pretty confident that he was forward enough and the type that would would show some you know plenty of ability um as a two-year-old and, you know uh, if he wasn't if he didn't have that speed and that precociousness well you, you certainly you, you wouldn't be thinking to be a mile two meter horse on his breeding that's for sure
0: mm, he's an absolute speed machine and he it that's a tough tough market at the moment the yearling sales I, I think at 12 or 18 months everyone was worried with the covid and how that would affect things but um yeah mark and i mark from the sport show come we went out and had a look at the sales and these guys were trying to buy a horse, and it went for a couple of hundred thousand more. And then all of a sudden, all these other people on your horse, and it's just, it is like it's like betting, but taking a much bigger bet, and you have to wait a very long time for that uh, bet to show itself as a good or a, or a bad one. So it's a uh, it's a brave game that they're playing.
2: As Mick Price said, uh, when you're out at the sales, a three-bedroom house walks past every two minutes. Mm.
0: <laughs> and Mick Price, I think uh, he's I think he might be uh, shacked up at uh, Bronte up there, and the weather has been. Um, awful up in Sydney, and I was talking earlier on the show a little bit of asterisks around some of these horses and whether they've had the work, being able to get run into them uh, with so many wet tracks. But profits here off that video, he just looks absolutely sensational. He's glowing in the coat. He looks absolutely ready to go. And we might uh, have a look at the market at Topsport.com.au first before we get a replay of the Todman. It looks like uh profiteer is all the rage here at 420 into 360. Got a horse like stay inside six dollars into four sixty. Both look like they're gonna be suited by the wet track. And then the different form line four moves ahead, at nine into five fifty. So anyone that's holding futures tickets, if you've had a bet in the all-in market, your bets stand. But if you bet last week, you have to re-bet into the final field market again. So that was just a little update from Tristan. So profite very strong in the market. All three chances are red hot. Uh, I think Mark Lambourne last week was talking about a couple outside the, the market. Ingratiating was one that he sort of found at big odds. Cup uh, Cup was another one. Mallory. Mallory was another one. And Tristan Mulligan's got another roughy there that'll handle the wet weather. It's, uh, it's been 41 into 31, Swift Witness, and it's drawn out wide. So I'd be fascinated to see how the track will play. But we might just uh, recap. It feels like an eternity since the, uh, the Todman. We might just get a little bit of a replay of its final 400 up now. You've got Profiteer out in front he's uh, racing very fresh there and you've got stay inside back in the white in the, uh, the light blue cap, he's just trying to peel out now, hasn't got much luck and then Nick Noon and Animo have a look at this. This is the horse in the Little Birdie What's Diamond Stream that you guys back to win three hundred thousand. The great game, Yep. Moral next. Time.
1: How does that make you feel, Nico? Uh, it was pretty sick. I had a, I had a pretty good bet on staying inside in that race. Oh, and, he got no yeah. life. and then Animo just flies <laughs> down the outside. So uh, yeah, it
0: wasn't pretty viewing after that for sure. That's the thing. If uh, if you can't handle one losing day on the punt, you shouldn't be betting. If you can't handle a bad run like a month on the punt, you shouldn't be in the game. Trainers do it day in day out. They have a lot of disappointment before they can crack big winners and it'd be no different in syndication world you guys would buy a fair horses and not every horse that walks in the stable is, is a profiteer is it lee
5: no it's not nick and you know as much as we can try and um take care of all our processes and 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 do you know leave no, no stone unturned there's absolutely no guarantees so uh you know um even even this week you know we've had a couple of horses that were nom for races and and you know just little a cold here and a, and a little bit of lameness there and um you know all of a sudden you've got a couple of scratchings and and you know owners are disappointed so it, it is really hard balancing um you know all of your stable and and keeping everybody up
2: no no well it's it, this sport there's no bigger sport with peaks and troughs and racing mm. no matter what part of the industry you are punting training owners jockeys Whatever, whatever aspect you are, it is a game of peaks and troughs, mm. and that's you're prepared for it no matter what, and you're hardened to it over time. So, particularly the punting, because you're you're doing it every day. But um, yeah, no, it's a it's a game of long term results, that's for sure.
0: Well, best of uh, best of luck, league confidence levels from Hugh Bowman and Mick Price seem at an all time high. What about yourself, mate? How how are you feeling?
5: Look, bigger, you know, it was obviously getting over the disappointment of not racing last week. I think it's it's helped the horse if we can get. Even to a heavy eight, we're confident he'll get through that. Um, but, you know, where, where it was last Saturday, it could have been a heavy 14 for, for all we know. But um, look, you know, he's um, he's exceptionally well. Um, the, the jockey's confident, the trainer's confident. If you're confident and you like him, we're not, as, uh, as Mark Goodwill would say, the kid, I won't talk you out of it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Good luck up in Sydney for the slipper and we'll be cheering hard for Profiteer for sure. Thanks for joining us.
5: Go the Vicks. Thanks guys. Thanks for your support. Appreciate it.
0: Fantastic stuff. Lee Saville from Roll the Dice Racing. They're doing a great job at the moment in a very, very tough climate there. Profiteer, very fancy there, up to sort of a heavy 8. I think Mark Newman tweeted out, or I saw a report there, that the track will most likely be around the soft 7, maybe heavy mm-hmm. 8 range. So fantastic job from the club to get it back to that stage. We see out at the Hawkesbury out west near Parramatta, there's just roads and houses underwater. So interesting stuff to see how the track's going to play. Big... Uh, big big uh, betting race this and there's already been some big moves early at top sport Uh, there's a handful of chances there and horses uh, going to these soft surfaces for the first time uh, it's going to be one that you need to tread well in now let's have a quick look at the George rider we might uh, get Nico to talk us through the George rider a little bit here market courtesy of topsport.com.au, Race 6 is a George Rider, we've got Avilius $4.20 short favourite, we've got uh, the other runner there is Funstar at four we've had Colding at six fifty, and you're sort of looking around Dreamforce 950, $10 Star of the Seas and Dawn Passage. Nico, you're holding the golden ticket here, you've managed to snap up $26 on Avilius,
1: yeah, it was a pretty good bet in hindsight, wasn't it? Wish I had a bit more on. That's probably oh, the, the, the knock there. <laughs> but um, look, he hasn't won for a while, which is probably the knock. I've been uh, bigger that Avilius is a miler. I really think this is sort of his pet distance, sort of that mile range. This is a 1,500-meter race, but with the potential of a wet track, it might sort of become like a mile race, depending on how fast they go out in front. out Dreamforce, I doubt they're going to be sitting up in a, in a Group 1 weight for age. Nash on, maybe you could make the case he sort of half-catted it up last start, but hopefully Nash can just throw him over the line. He's my favourite jockey, Nash. Um, Nash for a, cash. I was actually thinking back last night, I think on my 6th or 7th birthday, I actually got the goggles from Nash, which he rode <laughs> on way. Alstrom over in Dubai. Oh, so wow. that was what I wanted for my 6th birthday. So that's how sick I was and just a... A Nash fanboy I was, but, um, gee, I hope he gets Avilius over the line for that big futures ticket for sure. If
0: you think we are talking Swahili, talking up the chances of Villius, we're going to play the replay now, the final 400. and uh, A horse called Very Elegant and Colette, two notable uh, mudders are... Uh are the first two across the line here, and you've got big, uh, big Avilia sucking in behind the big A, the, the big A with the, uh, the little uh, stripe on his, on his head there.
1: Well, I thought that was crucial by Nash because he's just kind of holding him up in behind, very elegant. He's hmm. trying to give him the last crack, isn't he? He sort of gets there. It works out, but he's just kind of those inside horses just kick back, and I didn't think he really turn it up. Like, the ears are still pricked back. He's still trying. Maybe he just got beat by two better ones. Funstar's mm-hmm. back to the inside, and he's beat her, mm-hmm. and you would expect he's probably got the improvement given he was first up there over the mile, so... Well, maybe I'm just making too many cases for him. <laughs> because I'm, I'm $26, really
0: $26 uh, about the favourite oh, there. Right. You can do whatever you like. I think it's a really even race. I probably need to look into it further before I can tip you into anything. But um, we're starting to go over in time now. So we'll have a look at the Top Sport big bets here now early from Tristan and the team at topsport.com.au. The first bet there is Rose Hill Race 1, number 11, and a in the Derby a $1,000 at $10.00. Any thoughts there, boys? Not yet. Not yet. Nah, no, we'll be good on the wet track for sure. Uh, race five is the Rose Hill Guineas, uh, John Walters' favourite horse. Race five, number three, Mo 4,000 at 350. Could be a little bit of me and, D- mine and DK's money.
2: Oh, money cheering it so hard. If he <laughs> wins, it? he's got to be on the show next week. <laughs> when it goes straight past Skylab instead of the other way around. <laughs> but he said Skylab's going to be saying ta ta to win. Uh,
0: 350
2: <laughs> into 320,
0: that Mo and Golden Slipper. Race 7, number 8, stay inside, 2500 at $5 there. That is a horse that uh, Nick and I will probably be following up on, and I think it'll handle the cut out of the track. That's and what,
2: I think that's what it'll be doing. It'll be start, they're going to fan. They're going to fan. They're going to use a lot of the track. It yeah. will be probably going to be just... You've seen plenty of slipper winners do it, come through on the inside yeah. there.
1: so. Just blending into the race. And like you said, he's going to be the horse that's going to handle the wet track. I think he's already won on a heavy 8 or a heavy 9. So it's, it's going to be no worries to him. But, gee, the the camp seemed pretty confident on Profiteer, and he's into $3.50 now. Mm. So um, the market's with him early as well, which probably isn't a knock.
0: Yeah, and the other bet there, which is a runner that we talk about a lot, actually, Tavidance, uh, Bendigo at race one, number two, $2,000 at 380 Tabby Tavidance is now into three fifty in the first at Bendigo. Off a break, I think, yeah. off the, the 90 days or First something? up mm. with Liam Reardon on the two-kilo yeah, claim. So I, that, that's a little, Bit what, of a what? negative.
2: Oh, I'd say, yeah, you're not writing a great form, Liam Reardon, and mm. there are plenty of good jocks writing at that meeting. So, especially on a favourite, you've got to be, if, you, if you're going to back a, a, an out of form jock, you need to be compensated for it. So, yeah, I
1: think mm. you'll probably drift on 380. Mm, to so so did I, the mm. writer.
0: And Will clarkin has got the uh, favorite in that race, second slip. So we might uh, tap into Mr. Kelton's mail and In The Know With Snow, who gets all the Mick Price mail there. But it's been an absolute chock-a-block show with Bendigo, Golden Slipper, some little bit of Mooney Valley Nights recap, and some Adelaide stuff. Adelaide's starting to heat up as well. So... Big thanks to Nick Noonan joining the show, and he's joined the team as well for Little Birdie. In head to the shop, try all his stuff for a dollar ten. You get to download the Telegram app, and you'll get race to race information. In the final three to five minutes, it is so easy and. Great insight from Nico. Thanks for joining us, Nico.
1: Thanks, boys. Hopefully, you go well there on Saturday. Find a punters uh, a few winners, and
0: uh, yeah, thanks for having us. Plenty of Welcome aboard. And DK, you just watching prices go off again? Yeah, watching them go
1: off <laughs> again. Still on Sydney. He's been blowing up, up this whole show. Off, off the air, hasn't he? Just about these prices.
2: So keep your finger on the pulse there, punters. He might have something he's ready to launch at over yeah, the next few we've days. Got races today. I got Cranbourne tomorrow night. There'll be one. There'll be Wodonga Saturday. And we'll see where we go
0: Plenty of opportunities for DK. Just never ends. We might have to throw in some uh, free therapy. If you know someone that uh, does some uh, psychology and you can recommend them in Melbourne, we might uh, send it DK out there. It sounds like he needs it. But uh, follow at BetDoctorTV on Twitter, BetDoctor on the Apple and Spotify podcast, SoundCloud also, and watch us on YouTube, Little Birdie TV. It's going to be a cracking weekend of racing, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>